So yesterday I talked about the first two tetrads or sections on mindfulness of in and out breathing. The instruction is to practice with the body and also with feeling. And I'll guide you through those again. And then we'll keep going to look at what the Buddha instructed around the mind and <coughs> contemplation or investigation of Dhamma. And those instructions start out with breathing in and breathing out, experiencing the mind. So in each case, the Buddha brings our attention to something and then invites us to do something with it. So in this case, the next, the next step, the next instruction is to lift up the mind or gladden it and bring more joy to it. So you can see there's a lot of joy in this whole process. And then um, letting the mind become really still, as still as it can become in, in this particular sort of session. And um, the way that instruction is usually translated is immersion in, or immersing the mind in samadhi. And after abiding there for whatever period of time one wishes to or has time for, then freeing the mind or releasing the mind. So it's like when you come back out of that state. There are different interpretations of that instruction. It can be kind of moving from that to um, free the mind from whatever, you know, obstacles or tightness that one might find there. And I think it really probably is simply just you're really becoming still. Concentrated isn't the greatest uh, way to think about it because it seems tight and the Buddha wouldn't have wanted that. <clears throat> but to be very relaxed and very clear, right? And when, when we free the mind, we're freeing it from that level, coming back out of that kind of depth of concentration, depth of um, stillness. And that's when we, that's the, usually the best time for contemplating Dhamma. It's not the only time we can do this, but it's, it's very helpful to have that brightening of the mind uh, to whatever degree we experience it in a session, and then take the opportunity to reflect on Dhamma. And the Dhamma that the Buddha encourages is, begins with reflecting on impermanence. And when we really take in the fact that everything in 
in this world is impermanent, then we also um, begin to lose the attraction to it. So the next, the next contemplation is dispassion, not being um, so caught up in it, so clinging, so much grasping. So this dispassion for that which is impermanent and then the cessation of fading away of our attachments and finally letting go. So those are the, the Dhamma contemplations suggested in these, this sequence. And it's good to remember, as I mentioned before, that these steps or instructions don't have to be done in their order exactly, but it's good to practice with them and see what our experience is like with, with these, and then gain the skill, the ability to use these instructions in a way that really fits whatever's happening in the meditation at the time. So as I said, we don't always have to do these in the same order. In fact, if you look at the the list and the ordering of the seven enlightenment factors, you find the contemplation or investigation of Dhamma coming right after establishing mindfulness. And sometimes that's useful because maybe the mind is quite active, and then if you focus it on Dhamma, and maybe you're giving yourself that Dhamma talk or however the focus is uh, occurring, then it can bring up energy and it can also help the mind collect itself and become more focused. So there are different ways of using these instructions. But we'll start the guided meditation from the very beginning. Becoming comfortable with our posture, with a relatively straight spine, upright, turning our attention inwards. and establishing mindfulness. So mindfully we breathe in, and mindfully we breathe out. Just naturally allowing the breath to be deeper, shallow, however it, it just naturally is right now. And noticing those qualities of the breath. 
We've been meditating quite a bit lately, probably, here during the retreat, so it might be easier now to sort of drop into stillness. But even if it isn't, then we can just use that attention on our in-breath and on our out-breath as a way to stabilize, become focused and relaxed. And we also want to be alert. So as I mentioned yesterday, we can put a little more effort or attention on the in-breath if we want to sort of wake up the mind. We can put a little effort, more effort or attention on the out-breath if we want to calm the body and the mind down. There we are, breathing in, aware that we're breathing in, breathing out, aware we're breathing out and aware of the length of the in-breath, the length of the out-breath. Allowing the breath to just come and go naturally probably also means that the length or depth of the breath will change on its own. As we become more still, more relaxed, the breath might become more subtle. Just observe it. And then it helps even at this stage to bring an attitude of kindness to the process. Sometimes the mind gets bored almost immediately with this simple observation of the in-breath and the out-breath. 
And then I find it's helpful to move to the next step and expand the awareness to take in, to include, to encompass the whole body. And when you do this process on your own, you can, of course, spend as much time as you wish at each step and then just move on when it feels like it's the right time to move on. As we breathe in, aware that we're breathing in and aware of the whole body. And we might have the sense or use our imagination to really sort of fill the body with the breath. And then on the out breath, we can really be aware of the whole body and really let it relax as the breath is exhale. This is the next instruction is to calm the body. Sometimes it's translated as calming the bodily movement. Sometimes it's translated as calming the breath. And I think of it as calming all the processes of the body, just really letting the body relax. And then grow still and tranquil. And if we stay aware that we're breathing in, and aware and present that we're breathing out, then we also are grounded and solid in where our our mind, our sati, our mindfulness is directed. We don't want to get too serious about it. We don't want to get tight around our focus. But instead, just be really clear, present, bright, happy, kind. whole body is breathing and relaxing.
And then we're asked to notice sensations in the body, feeling. Notice where those sensations are arising. Pleasant feeling might be warmth, tingling, fullness. Sometimes it feels like ants are crawling on you. Doesn't sound very pleasant, but it's a spiritual feeling, not a physical one. It's pleasant. Sometimes when we hear that sort of calming, steady sound, lying behind all other sounds. It's another form of indication that we're tuning in to this spiritual energy. Sound is vibration, feeling is vibration, even if some light appears or Something like that, something visual in the mind, it's still vibration. If it's calming, you can pay attention to it. If not, we can just keep our attention on our breathing. And actually we do both anyway. The awareness of the in-breath and out-breath continues. If you are noticing these kinds of pleasant sensations and you can invite them to spread through the body, But regardless of what sensations might arise, we're still noticing the in-breath and the out-breath, and we're allowing ourselves to become more and more calm, more and more tranquil. Present and aware. You can spend a lot of time when you're doing this on your own, if you like, at these stages of piti and sukha. 
And really let them build up, build, let those sensations build up, become familiar with them. or with whatever way you experience the sensation of relaxing, being present and alert. turn our attention to the activity of the mind. Not clinging to or evaluating thoughts, but just noticing how active or what might be passing through the mind. And then inviting the mind to become calm. Give a little more strength to our attention of the in-breath and the out-breath. If we need to be more grounded, more collected. Just kind of happily letting go of thinking to whatever degree you can. You're still experiencing piti and sukha if they have appeared, if they have arisen, and even continuing to develop. Now we'll really reflect on the mind itself and I wonder how does that differ from the activity of the mind. It's more like the state of the mind. How expansive or contracted is the mind? How spacious? bright or dull. Or 
Or there might be some desire in the mind. Or you can imagine or you can recognize that the mind is free from desire. be some aversion or ill will in the mind. Or it might be free from aversion and ill will. This is not about particular thoughts or the activity, but about the sort of the mood of the mind, the state of the mind. mind might be agitated, maybe a little expectant, listening to instructions, and just noticing it's always where it starts, to really be present with the way things are right now. kind of an acceptance. And as soon as we are willing to accept the way things are right now, there is already some relief. Then the Buddha said, gladden the mind. Lift it up. So how do you want to do that? Bring in a thought of something inspiring, perhaps. Gratitude for the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. Here the Sangha would be the enlightened beings, those those human beings who have become enlightened since the time of the Buddha. Or maybe we're grateful and glad for our spiritual friends, those who have guided us and supported us on the path. There are many ways to gladden the mind. We can think about our generosity, the things that we've done that are good, our virtue. If the mind tries to go into, oh, I don't do so much, some negative state, then we guide it back to the positive. We're so fortunate. You've done so much good in this lifetime or you wouldn't be here. 
Really allow the mind to be happy and at ease. Still aware that you're breathing in and you're breathing out. Become still. Clear. Be alert and available to observe things you've never seen before. And just be with what is.
And we're going to move to the next step, but you can come back to this one after I finish talking. Just become more and more still. For the moment, we're going to free the mind, just let it open to take in the Dhamma. Still aware of your in-breath and your out-breath. And now reflecting upon impermanence. We can bring to mind any example any example from all conditioned things of the impermanent, changing, unstable nature that is pervasive throughout samsara. the broken branches, the fallen trees. The changes in your own body. It's inevitable decay. of an animal in the forest, the wear and tear of the building, the fading of light in the evening. There is no end to the examples. This breath, this in-breath, this out-breath, constant change, arising and ceasing, coming and going. Friends in your life who have passed away. The way your hand looked 20 years ago and the way it looks today.
Absolutely everything. Everything but Nibbana. All conditioned things, even the earth, even the water, the fire, the air, seen enough conditioned things rising and falling and constantly changing, then dispassion arises. And it seems intellectually like this is all very sad, but it's not. When the realization comes that everything that arises ceases, it's all falling apart. That's its nature. That realization, that insight brings joy, freedom. We don't have to be so worried about things. We don't have to be so invested in things that are falling apart. It's okay. And that insight into reality brings so much relief and happiness that we can never go back to not knowing. And until that insight arises, we just watch, observe. But we rest in the pleasant feeling of meditation Piti Sukha that supports us in being able to look. To see the truth. The gladdening of the mind. Generosity and goodness virtue, the Buddha Dhamma Sangha, carrying us through This passion arises, it's natural for clinging and craving to cease. And for us to let go. And we can sit with these themes of Dhamma and allow them to work on the mind to work on the heart. 
Feeling comes, feeling goes. Perception comes, perception goes. Thoughts come and thoughts go. We don't have to be blown around by them. We don't have to be elated or distressed. We can be at peace. As the Buddha said, a feeling is just a feeling. A perception is just a perception. A thought is just a thought. just continue, you can return to whatever step is useful, perhaps going back to a deeper stillness of the mind, and releasing the mind whenever it's the appropriate time. 